0: hey praise chapel paramount welcome to our podcast hey this message you're listening to is from our midweek service with evangelist david diga hernandez enjoy you may be seated worship team please keep playing and then steve and omar direct as the spirit leads i want to talk to you this evening it's a simple word but i do know it's from the lord something that god wants to say to you tonight did you hear what i said It's something that God wants to say to you tonight. Something that God wants to speak to you. So you're watching right now in your home. I know it's easy because we've been doing this for weeks now. I know it's easy to have the screen on and dinner going in the background. I know it's easy to have the screen on and people coming in and out. But you know how I am. I have a reverence for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I may not be able to see you, but I'm still going to ask that you sit down. That you don't allow any talking in that living room. And that you be reverent for the word of God and you be reverent for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because so often we're frustrated that God hasn't moved but we haven't laid the altar. We want the presence of God to move when we're so distracted. Have you invited the Holy Spirit into your home through these live streams? Are you setting that atmosphere? Are you setting your faith and expectation upon the word that he's about to deliver? So in your home right now, I don't know what's going on but I want you to settle down. Parents, tell your kids sit down. I want you to tell your teenagers, come out of the room, get off of Instagram. You'll have all night to go and do that. Get off of Instagram, get off of Facebook, put PlayStation away, put put Xbox away, come sit down in the living room, wherever you're watching. If you're watching on the phone, have the family gather around that phone. You're watching on an iPad, have them watch on this iPad. God's going to speak to you tonight. God himself will speak to you. You know how I know? Because his word's going to be preached. And whenever the word of the Lord is preached... There is liberty, there is breakthrough, there is a truth that comes forward that liberates you from mindsets. Some of you have fallen into mindsets from old patterns, old ways because of your disconnect and your isolation. But I'm telling you that tonight, even though you may feel there's been a lot of regress. Some of you, spiritually, you've been soaring and that's wonderful. But I'm talking to the one who you felt spiritual regression. God can make up for in one night everything you've lost in the past three months. God can make up for it in this moment, but you have to set your heart to believe. You have to pursue that atmosphere of faith. You have to lay the altar if you, got, if you want God to send the fire. And so in your home right now, we've given you some time, but do it again, I'm telling you. Tell your kids, sit down. Tell that teenager, come out of the room. Gather your family around the word of God tonight. And I want you to shut off all other screens. I want you to shut off. If you're cooking dinner, you guys are going to fast for the next hour or so. So stop cooking dinner. Stop with all the the chatter. I want you right now, get in your home, sit down, put this volume all the way up, take the headphones off, let everybody hear it. And it's time now to get into the word. I want to minister this simple word, but I know it's something we need to hear as the church. Not just locally, the paramount body, I'm talking the church as a whole. This is a mandate God has given me to minister these words. I've just been looking at everything going on, and, you know, there are so many voices coming at us, not, and it's not even just COVID-19 anymore. There are, there are political things now that have created this tension in the, in the, in the world, not just the United States, and, you know, as a preacher, I feel like I'm walking through a landmine, uh, a minefield. I'm just kind of, every step I take, I'm thinking, okay, was that phrase properly? Because that might blow up in my face. Or was that sentence right there the correct answer? Because that might set it off and I might be done after that. And so, what I've begun to discover is that while well, the enemy wants us discussing the things of this world, those who are led by the Spirit disconnect from it and rise above it all. And you and I have a connection in the Spirit, no matter what you believe. Believe it or not, there are people of all political affiliations in the Paramount Church. Left, right, and center, and uninvolved. And there are people of all different opinions on all different, anything you could ever possibly bring up. And if we're not careful, the enemy can cause division based upon the peripheral instead of us recognizing that we all agree on the primary, which is Christ. And so the enemy's trying to sow division. The enemy's trying to, you know why the enemy wants to sow division? Because the enemy in this season, I've seen his strategy. It's quite simple. It's isolation. Not just with COVID, but now with with hot topics on anything. Anything's a hot topic these days. And so what the Holy Spirit has led me to do is the only, I recognize this, the only way I can walk through that minefield and not step on a mine and blow up Is by walking the path that I know is straight. Is by walking the path that is clear. Let me be very clear no matter what the issue in our world is, Jesus is still the answer. And the gospel is still the mission. We need to come back to the place where we're united in the Spirit. Look at the enemy, I'm telling you, the enemy is clever. I, I saw like in my, in my spirit, I saw like the sheep being scattered and the wolves taking out sheep. But God wants to bring the sheep together again. And I'm telling you this, there's been a great sifting, yes. But as we look through the eyes of faith, we must recognize that we all agree on Jesus. I tell people, the Holy Spirit in me loves the Jesus in you. And if the Holy Spirit in you loves the Jesus in me... There's connection. There's unity. And as we approach this season together, I truly believe that if we grasp this word, not only are we coming out of this season completely unhindered, completely unscathed, but we are going to come out of this season stronger than ever before. See, see here's the thing. Some of, some of you, you, you didn't appreciate the gathering of the saints until it was taken from you some of you didn't realize what fellowship was doing for you until it was ripped away i'm telling you this once this thing starts moving again and it is already in motion i can already sense in the spirit that momentum beginning to push us forward it's going to be explosive it's going to be exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even imagine There is no limit to what God can do when we surrender our lives in faith. And this is the word of the hour. This is the word that God has given me for tonight. And that is to see with the eyes of the Spirit, to see with the eyes of faith. See, the eyes of the natural look at the natural, and you assess the natural realm based upon natural conditions. And it becomes confusing because in the natural realm, there are many voices. But when you rise above the storm and you leave that natural realm and you disconnect and you enter the realm of the spirit, now there's only one voice. And that one voice is speaking what he's always spoken. And that is our mission, church. So I want you to go with me now to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6 as the worship team stays with me. Just play whatever you feel led and they can... Play the melody softly in the background with you. you Second Kings chapter 6. We're gonna to go to verse number 8. The Bible says this: when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the the Aramians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together. Here's how accurate the prophet is. Look at the verse 11. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha the prophet in Israel tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. So here we have a man in power, a wicked man, who desires to do the people of God harm. But all the while, God is watching him. Even the things he's whispering in his room in privacy, those things are being shouted in the heavens. We would be foolish to think that God is not listening to the conversations of our enemies. We would be foolish to think, we would be naive in thinking that God is not listening to the conversations going on in back rooms with government powers conspiring against the church. Wow. Wow. You don't think God hears them? You see, we, we may look around and go, wait a minute, who do I believe? What do I believe? What's going on here? What's going on there? But but do you realize that God knows everything? I mean, we believe that, but do we really appreciate that? Because I think when we start to realize that God knows everything, I think it becomes clear that no matter the situation, we have the advantage. The church of the living God has the advantage. You and I have the advantage. And so we see this king becoming frustrated. Because every time I make a plan and it looks like it's going to work, that prophet will say something and it completely destroys the plan. And so here we see from the very beginning of the text that I'm reading that the setting is very clear. God is in control. And so with that framework in mind, with that grounding truth in your heart that God is in control, I'm going to take you through the rest of the story and I want you to see how that actually starts to not make any sense. Because if God is really in control as we imagine it, What happens next shouldn't have happened. Watch this. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops... Horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Now, wait a minute. If Elisha could see the plans of the king of Aram, why was it that Elisha couldn't see these chariots and armies coming to attack him then? Why didn't God... I mean, Elisha was asleep, we see. Why didn't God speak to him in a dream? as he had done many times before this particular story. The servant of Elisha looks around. He says, sir, what are we going to do now? We're surrounded. Situation is impossible. We have no direction to go. There's no way out. There's no possible way that this thing right here is going to become something that's beneficial to us. There's no possible way that this situation is going to be turned around. How, how can this become a good thing? How can this situation be turned for the better? How can my circumstance be positioning me for victory? It doesn't look like it. He was looking with the eyes of the natural. He was looking at the problem. He was looking at the chaos. Do you realize that when Peter took his eyes off Jesus and put his eyes on the storm, he began to sink? This is what believers are doing. Nowadays, they're 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 screaming about the problems. What about Jesus? What what about the master? And here's the problem: the moment we take our eyes off of him and begin to put our focus on the storms, we sink. So here's the servant of Elisha. He's watching the situation. He's going, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. This is, we're surrounded. Wake up, man of God. Like almost like you're saying, wake up, we're gonna die. Panicked, worried. Verse 16: Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed. I love this. Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. So here, very quickly, the situation went from being, what are we going to do to watch and see what God does? And then all of a sudden, they're back to the place where they recognize, the servant is anyway. He recognizes that, in fact, they had the advantage all along. Then Elisha went out and told them, you have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Now he's just messing with them. Follow me and I will take you to the man you are looking for. Remember, they're looking for him. And he led them up to the city of Samaria, this whole army blind, following the man they're looking for, looking for the man they're looking for. Now watch this. As soon as they entered Samaria, verse 20, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria when the king of Israel saw them. He shouted, Elisha, my father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. And here's what the next verse says. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. They tried something, it didn't work out so well, and then they're like, you know what, let's just leave them alone. Lord, do it again in the name of Jesus. Do it in our day in the name of Jesus. Now, now you, realize, you realize that Elisha did not retaliate on the enemy. He, he didn't say, ha, I have you now, you've been defeated, and he didn't go and crush them. Because they never really even had him where they thought they had him in the first place. But instead, Elisha feeds them, blesses them, and then sends them on their way. Man, how confused they would have been. They left bewildered, wondering what, and then they were so confused, they said, let's just stay away from that. I'm praying that whatever the enemy is trying to do, remember guys, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This, this is not a battle we have with humans. I'm talking about the enemy, which is the enemy, the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. He may have tools that he uses, but ultimately, I'll tell you this whatever the enemy's trying to do, it's going to fail. And whatever the enemy's trying to accomplish, ultimately, God is in control. And even when it seems like we're outnumbered, even when it seems like there's nowhere to go, Even when it seems like the path isn't available for us to move forward. God can open our eyes. And you'll see there are more for you than against you. There are more in the heavens armies than there are here on earth. People of God, I pray that he would open our eyes today. To see every situation, to see every seeming setback. To every circumstance that looks like it's not going to work out. Do you realize that that God gave us words for 2020? Do you think those words somehow lost their power? You you know, I I have a word from the Lord for me personally. That 2020 would be the, the most explosive year for our ministry. That's still going to come to pass. I seem to remember words coming over this church. 2020 would be a year of vision and expansion and exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. If God's no longer on the throne, I can see. But But do you realize that just like it was with Joseph where those threw him in the pit, those who threw him in the pit thought they were silencing him. But when they threw him in the pit, they were actually positioning him for the palace. And the very ones who think they're throwing the church in the pit, are positioning us for the places of authority and power. So lift your hands all across this room. I want you to begin to pray out loud. Say, say this when you say, Lord. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at Paramount, or visit our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com.